Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. What is going on, MD Nation? As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. We have the Week 4 preview, the Thursday night and the 1 o'clock games in today's episode, and of course, a mailbag segment at the very end as we're going to dive into all of these matchups and analyze what you need to know for your lineups heading into this week. And of course, we'll go over all the injury news and all of that. Make sure you follow me at MDSFFshow on Twitter for all the player news, update, notifications, Make sure you're following me on my website, www.mdffshow.com, as I will have the rankings up later on today's afternoon, right before the Thursday night game, as always. And of course, I'll have a sportscaster video out to you guys tomorrow with my rankings video. So make sure you're checking that out on Sportscaster. Go to USN to be able to follow along with the videos on there. Of course, I'll be posting them everywhere on Twitter and on Facebook at Show for that as well so you can make sure you know exactly when that drops and be able to follow along and make sure you're making all the best possible informative decisions that you possibly can heading into your matchups for week four. We actually do have a little bit of a latest news segment that we have to get into before we kick off the episode with the Thursday night preview. So let's go ahead and drop that sounder and get into it because we have a lot to cover in today's episode. Latest news. Well, we all know, of course, the biggest news of the week is the trade between the Seahawks and the Steelers for Nick Vanette. No, I'm just kidding. That did actually happen, though. Nick Vanette going to the Pittsburgh Steelers for a fifth-round pick with Vance McDonald's arm in a sling. No one's quite sure exactly what his timeline is going to be, even though Mike Tomlin comes out and says that Vance McDonald should have at least a chance to play in this week's game. I don't know if I believe him. I don't know if they went out and made a trade for a tight end if that was truly going to be the case. But neither here nor there, that's not the biggest news of the week. The biggest news of the week, of course, is Melvin Gordon. He comes back today, actually comes back, reports back to practice earlier than anybody expected to. Great news if you drafted Melvin Gordon and you've been holding on to him this entire time. It's going to be a really big boost to you guys moving forward. 
We're going to get more into what this means for him, what you can do with him now, what it means for other players involved in the Chargers later on in this episode because we are going to analyze and preview that game in today's episode because they do play in the 1 o'clock hour. So I'm not going to get into too much more of it now at the beginning because we're going to have the need to talk about that when we talk about the Chargers. Other than that, though, the other news that everyone is watching this week is Jalen Ramsey. He has not been reporting to practice. First, he was sick. Then it was a back and ankle injury. Then it was his daughter's birth. Uh, So far, every day he's had a reason not to be there. He was, again, not there today for the same reason for his daughter's birth. Like, look, they may all be legitimate reasons, and they kind of went out of their way to say, hey, we knew about the back and ankle injuries to him last Thursday when he talked about it. Yeah, I think it's kind of convenient that he comes out on Sunday, says, I still very much want to get traded. And then all of a sudden this week, he's not actually practicing and finding reasons to not show up. So we'll see what that means going into Sunday. We'll see if there's a trade that gets done. At this point, I don't think a trade would get done this week. It may wait for another week. I think the Jaguars, frankly, are still hoping, especially ownership, that they can find a way to get a deal done and keep Jalen Ramsey. I think that was a that was made quite clear by the ownership group a week ago, so I don't think they're going to go ahead and trade Jalen Ramsey just yet. I think the contact is going to be made. We'll see if he winds up playing this week, but if you have the Jaguars defense, I'm still going to play them against the Denver Broncos. No concerns there. All right, so that wraps up the latest news segment that we have to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, come back on the other side, start off our preview episode with the Thursday night game tonight. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. Maybe, just maybe, we will have our first good Thursday night game in tonight's game. We have the Eagles on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Two good teams in this one. All Sean Jeffries expected to play in this game. Deshaun Jackson will not for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that will be what's interesting to see. But at least with All Sean Jeffrey, they will have the ability to put up more points. Offense could look more like themselves heading into this matchup. Against the Green Bay Packers, their secondary has been playing much better. It is a young secondary that's on the rise. So it will be interesting to see how they're able to attack them. Deshaun Jackson really would have helped out in a big way in this one, be able to keep them honest. Instead, I do think the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to play close to the line of scrimmage. You're not really worried about Nelson Aguilar beating them deep. You're not worried about Alshon Jeffrey beating you deep. And I honestly don't think this is a great matchup for Alshon. Number one, I don't believe that he's 100%, especially since when the injury first happened they really didn't think that he was going to be able to play in the second week now they held him out in Sunday's game and hoped that he could play for this game and he's going to be able to do that but I don't think he's going to be doing it at 100% and he has a tough matchup against Jared Alexander whatever option you used last week to replace Alshon Jeffrey I may think about trying to do the same again this week I don't love it. Yes, he's the number one wide receiver for that team. Yes, if anybody's going to score, he has just as good of a chance to score as anybody else does as far as the receiving core goes. But between the matchup and the fact that he's not 100% and the fact there's no Deshaun Jackson over there to keep the defense honest and to back off that safety, I am not 100% sure exactly what the effect Alshon Jeffrey is going to have in tonight's game. So he always has a chance to score. But 
because he's more of a wide receiver too, and he's been a very good wide receiver too, but because he's more of a wide receiver too, you may have other options that you can use. If you don't, then go ahead and play him. If he's definitely your best player by far, I'm not saying you don't start him, but you definitely had to pick up somebody and play him last week. If you have confidence in whatever move that was, I might go ahead and go that direction. I am going to still start Carson Wentz because at the end of the day, this game's going to go one of two ways. Either the Eagles are going to have to come back from behind in the second half, or this winds up being a higher scoring game than most people think. The Thursday night games are due for a boost as far as scoring points go. Teams are a little bit sharper. We're getting more into the season, so things start to click a little bit easier. So I do believe this this game could either have a high amount of points or the Eagles will have to come back from behind on the road. Either way, I think it bodes well for Carson Wentz to at least have a floor in this matchup, and I'm not going to shy away from starting him if he's been my QB1 to this point. This could be the week that Miles Sanders gets back on track for the Eagles. Just simply because you can run on the Green Bay Packers plain and simple. We've seen that now from Minnesota Vikings, who have been running on everybody, but then we saw a follow-up again against Denver, who at the end of the day wants to run the football, but hadn't had much success until they got to play the Green Bay Packers. So I do believe that the Eagles were going to find their ways to run. Now, at the end of the day, Miles Sanders is the only one I'm starting. They made it clear last week that they definitely seem to want to try to get him involved in all three downs, not in the sense of being a workhorse, but having a role where he could play on any one down. He had a lot of passing work last week, Darren Sproles didn't really see the field too much. So I do think maybe that continues to moving forward. Now, there was some concerns last week. He did fumble. He had a couple bad drops. So we'll see if that winds up putting him in the doghouse, if maybe Sproles does get some touches. But as far as we know, up until this point, that hasn't been what the Eagles have been planning to do. They haven't come out and said that that's what they're going to do. So for now, Miles Sanders does not seem to be in the doghouse. The one thing I am going to be concerned about is Jordan Howard is the guy they go to when they're in the red zone, is the guy they go to in short yardage situations. So Miles Sanders touched touchdowns ability goes way down even in a plus matchup like this one but as much as I'm not a big Miles Sanders fan against the Green Bay Packers in a game in which the Eagles still do not have their full strength as far as their passing weapons go I do think Miles Sanders could wind up being a lower end RB2 in this matchup especially if he gets work on the passing downs so if you've been playing Miles Sanders, if you've been starting him, this is the one week where I would play him with some confidence in the floor that I know I should be able to get at the end of the day. For the receivers outside Alshon Jeffrey, you play in Nelson Aguilar. Right now, he's still the only 100% healthy wide receiver for them. He's still going to have a big volume with no Deshaun Jackson in this matchup. And he has the best matchup going against the Green Bay secondary, which is playing from the second receiver or the slot position away from Jair Alexander. So I think Nelson Aguilar is a start for at least one more week until Deshaun Jackson comes back, which he should be back in next week's matchup. And then we'll see if Nelson Aguilar is even roster worthy at that point. But you can can star him in tonight's game. I would star him as a wide receiver too tonight. Zach Ertz, of course you're going to start Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard's going to be in there. He didn't play too much last week. He may play a little bit more, but he still had a big drop. And I expect Zach Ertz to get going here. Look, last week was a little bit of a disappointment. He was expected to go off more so, have crazy volume, and he was the second most targeted pass catcher on the team last week. But this is a better matchup going up against the Green Bay Packers. They're susceptible to the tight end. I do think Zach Ertz is just moments away from getting off and 
and playing up to his expectations that you drafted him to be in that third or fourth round and be that top tier tight end one. Look, outside of Travis Kelsey, George Kittle has been a little bit disappointing. Zach Ertz has been a little bit disappointing. OJ Howard has been really disappointing. So he's not the only tight end one who hasn't quite lived up to the expectations so far. I do think that writes the ship and it very well could happen in this week's game. I think there's a very good chance Zach Ertz will find the end zone. On the Green Bay Packers side of the football, I do think this could be a game where Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams get right. Look, the secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles, we all know, is a secondary that you can take advantage of. And the passing game in general, when able to go to Devontae Adams on a consistent basis, does perform better as a whole, especially Aaron Rodgers. So he does have the matchup this week. He's had They've had a terrible start to the season as far as fantasy scheduling goes. You had Chicago first, then you had Minnesota, and then you had Denver last week. Those are three good defenses. While Denver's defense hasn't been playing great as far as getting the sacks and the pressure that people expected them to, they still have played pretty solid defense through the first three weeks. And the Packers have still won all three of their games. So I don't know what changes exactly in play calling except for in this matchup going up against the Philadelphia Eagles because they're so good at stopping the run. And because Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are a little banged up going into this game and didn't have much much success on the ground against the Broncos last week. And because they're doing a 50-50 split, I do think they're going to have some inefficiencies on the ground that may force them to pass the ball because it may be the one mismatch that they do have. So I do think this is a week where you could see the Green Bay Packers passing attack come back to life to some degree. I do think this is going to be a tight game where they're going to have to be throwing for all four quarters. And like I said, at the end of the day, when Devontae Adams has a ma- has a matchup in his interest, Rodgers, offense, everyone looks a lot better as a result. So I do think you could start Rodgers as a low-end QB1 this week. Adams should get back up and have the ability to be a, a top-end wide receiver one that you've needed him to be over the last few weeks as well. After this week, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to be a guy that you can buy low on. He's going to, he should have a good game here against the Philadelphia Eagles. They should be leaning on the passing attack in this matchup. Even if there's not the game plan coming out the gate, because we all know Matt LaFleur is an idiot. So he may try to come out and do his little 50-50 split between Aaron Dunn and Jamal Williams. I don't know how great this offense is going to look in the first quarter. But after the first quarter, when they're not running for, you know, three yards a carry, if that, I expect Aaron Rodgers to just take over at some point and start leading the passing attack because that's what they're going to have to do against this Eagles defense. So I do think that plays well into their hands. I also think it is they are at home. Outside of that, I do like Marquez Valdez-Scantling if you want to play him as a home run flyer flex play. I, I want to say Geronimo Allison's going to have value. It wouldn't surprise me if he had a good game in this one going up against that secondary, but at the same time, because they just have not utilized him very much for the first three weeks, I don't know how you start Allison with any kind of confidence, even in a plus matchup. So this may be a situation where on Allison, I want to wait to see, like, all right, I guess a plus matchup, do they get you going here? If they get you going here, you may have some value that I can expect out of you moving forward, but for this week's matchup, I don't think you can really have that expectation nor play Geronimo Allison. I also am not playing Jimmy Graham either for the same reasons. We got to see these guys get more involved. Scaling, we have seen get involved over the past two out of the past three weeks. So that's where scaling, I do believe you can play him as a lower end flex play. Our first one o'clock game to talk about on Sunday is the Tennessee Titans at the Atlanta Falcons. As far as the Tennessee Titans go, the only two fantasy players that I really care about as far as starting in my lineups this week is Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker. And you can start both of them with confidence in this matchup. 
Uh, the Falcons are not very good at stopping the run. And Delaney Walker, at least in PPR leagues, at the very end of the day, you know Tennessee is going to pepper him with targets throughout the game. He's the only trustworthy pass catcher that they have as far as his consistent output from week to week. I do believe Tennessee is going to have to come back from behind in this game. So I do think there's going to be an added a an added pass attempts in Marcus Mariota's column, which should lead to more targets for guys like Delaney Walker. I'm still not going to start A.J. Brown or Corey Davis with any kind of confidence whatsoever. Hopefully you have better options. There's only two teams on by, so it shouldn't be that devastating to you at the wide receiver position, especially since it's the 49ers and the Jets who both don't have very many wide receivers that a lot of people are counting on for fantasy purposes at the moment anyway. So I do have to believe that you have better options than A.J. Brown or Corey Davis, which I'm not trusting either one unless it's a plus matchup where one of them has had the hot hand for a couple of weeks at that as well. On the Falcon side of the ball, there's a lot more to talk about. Matt Ryan against Tennessee. Look, Tennessee has a good defense. They do. I do believe the way you attack Tennessee, though, the way you can beat them is by spreading them out and throwing the football down the field. We know that's what the Falcons want to do in the first place anyway, and it's at home. So I do think the Falcons are going to be pretty good here. Matt Ryan, even in games where he hasn't played well, which has pretty much been this entire season to this point, has still thrown for 300-plus yards and a couple touchdowns in each one of his games. So for fantasy purposes, Matt Ryan right now is as solid of a QB1 as they come, as consistent as a QB1 as they come through the first three weeks. So you can play Matt Ryan with a ton of confidence always at home and even against a tougher defense with Tennessee. The guy who I'm a little bit worried about is Devontae Freeman. Now, Edo Smith may not play in this game. He's going through the concussion protocol. He didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday, and it does seem to be leaning towards Edo Smith possibly missing this week. If that happens, that will help Devontae Freeman as far as his floor goes, because it should put him in a situation to get a lot more touches right off the bat in this week. And we saw last week what he was able to do when he actually got more touches his way and was actually able to get into a rhythm and just be the running back on the field every single series. Their offense played better as a result too. So we'll see if that continues against Tennessee. I believe that it will as long as Edo Smith does not play. Now, it's not an easy team to run on, but if he's out there for every play, he should get involved in the passing game, which should give you your floor. Plus, we know Devontae Freeman is a good running back in the red zone. I do believe he's due for touchdowns. He has not scored yet for the first three weeks, so I wouldn't be surprised if he found himself in that situation this week. I do think Devontae Freeman has a low-end RB2 floor that you can sink your teeth into, even in a tough matchup against Tennessee Titans. Julio Jones, I mean, you're starting Julio Jones. He's been great through three weeks. You're going to be just fine here. Dory Jackson can't cover him. Calvin Ridley, on the other hand, coming back off of a dud game last week. We'll have to see what happens with Calvin Ridley. Look, I still like him. At the end of the day, he's always going to be a guy to me that is a wide receiver two with potential upside because of his touchdown capabilities at any given moment. Pretty much, except for last week, the pass catchers have been 1A and 1B, Julio to Calvin Ridley. Now, last week, Austin Hooper was the one who got heavily involved. I don't think Austin Hooper has a very good matchup against the Tennessee Titans this week. They're pretty good against the tight ends. I think he's the one guy who may disappear in this game, even if the Falcons do have a good offensive output. So I'm not. I, while you, ha- if you have Austin Hooper as your starting tight end, you probably don't have any better options. So you probably have to start him. But I'm telling you right now, I would definitely limit my expectations as I don't think this lines up to be an Austin Hooper game this Sunday, which I do think paves the way for Calvin Ridley to get a little bit back on track. 
and you can still play him as your flex or as your low-end wide receiver too with that upside of the touchdown potential. Mohamed Sanu continues to be somebody who I'm not bothering rostering. He does, he's nothing more than a floor play in a tight pinch, and that's about it. And we're not quite in the scenario where I think a lot of people are in that position where they just have to throw a guy out and hope they get seven, six to seven points. I don't think we're quite at that part of the season. We will be soon with the with heavy bye weeks coming up, but we're not quite there yet heading into week four. The next matchup that we want to talk about here is the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills, both 3-0, and and the Patriots will be 4-0 at the end of the day, mark my words. Buffalo has had the the great deal of having a schedule that very much favors them through the first three weeks. Jets, Giants, Cincinnati, all three are terrible teams. All three are going to be teams that are going to be below 500 by the season's end. So they haven't really played any real competition. This will be the first game against the Patriots. It will be going against real competition in this one. I do believe the Patriots are going to come out and make a statement. It's the only division rival that they have to worry about this season. Uh, yeah, I don't think Buffalo has much of a chance. Now, as far as fantasy purposes go, you start Tom Brady. You start Josh Gordon. Julian Edelman's going to be okay. His his MRI came back negative. He actually practiced in a limited capacity yesterday. He's expected to be good to go in Sunday's matchup. So you play Julian Edelman. I don't know if you play Philip Dorsett. This is a good Buffalo Bills secondary. And even though Josh Gordon should be the one who sees Javius White most of the time, because of the way I think this offense is going to operate, he's still going to get his shots, which is why I'm okay with you playing Josh Gordon. This game's never going to get away from him or anything like that. But I don't know if I'm starting any other pass catcher on the Patriots for this matchup, just because the Bills do have a decent defense. As far as the running game goes... I don't have any confidence in Sony Michelle writes the ship this week. Now, I do like the comments that came out of Bill Belichick earlier this week, which is he blamed the offensive line for not blocking well enough for Sony Michelle's woes. And as far as rushing attack, Michelle has been the dominant ball carrier. Besides last week with Rex Burkhead, which that was against the Dolphins, and it was just it was kind of a weird game in general. Um or I'm sorry, not against the Dolphins, the Jets. That was just kind of a a game in which they dominated. James White wasn't active, so they just kind of gave the ball to Rex Burkhead. I don't see that happening again this week. James White's going to be back this week, you know, unless his wife's popping out another child back-to-back weeks, which ain't going to happen. So, yeah, James White will be back this week. Rex Burkhead will be back to his annoying third-man role. But against the Buffalo Bills, who are a pretty good run defense, While I expect the Patriots to control this game, they've controlled every game they've had so far against better matchups, and Sonny Michel still hasn't been very good. So if I have another option, I would probably look to move away from Sonny Michel in this one. Touchdowns has been what's been saving you guys, and I don't know if I'm depending on him getting a touchdown for sure in this game. Now, like I said, this game and moving forward throughout the entire season, the good thing that you've had so far for you is that James Devlin is on the IR. So because of that, there's no longer that running back who should steal carries from Sonny Michelle when they're in the one or the two. The only thing that really could steal from him is if they sne- quarterback sneak it with Tom Brady, which they'll do some time to time. But at least Michelle has more of a floor when it comes to touchdown possibilities now with James Devlin all in the IR. I'm still not I'm still not feeling great about his chances to score a touchdown in this one. If I have another option, I would do it. I think Sonny Michelle is nothing more than a low-end touchdown boomer bust flex play heading into this matchup. I do think this could wind up being a James White game. I think spreading out the Buffalo Bills is going to be the game plan of the New England Patriots. Why I like the pass catchers, why I like Tom Brady. James White coming back. I do think James White could be a very good low-end floor RB2 in PPR leagues for you guys this week. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. No, we're not. Hold on. Uh, 
We got to talk about Devin Singletary. Uh, Devin Singletary for the Buffalo Bills, he didn't practice yesterday. The expectation was he still was not going to be able to play. However, while recording this, I just got an alert that says Devin Singletary was able to come back to practice today. Now, I imagine it's going to wind up being in a limited capacity, and it doesn't necessarily mean for sure he's going to be available on Sunday. It does mean two things. One, you can go ahead and probably drop Frank Gore because you're not going to play him this week. And if he's practicing today, he'll probably definitely be able at least be able to play next week. So you can go ahead and drop Frank Gore. Uh, as far as Devin Singletary goes, we'll have to wait and see. Even if he plays this week, though, I don't know how you play him with any confidence. So don't worry about playing Devin Singletary for this week. See if he can get healthy. But the important thing is that what looked like a really bad hamstring issue. Turns out it looks like Devin Singletary might be back sooner rather than later. All right, now we're going to go to the break. Come back on the other side with more games to preview. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. All right, getting right back into it. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. No doubt a game that's going to have one of the most fantasy prospects of the week between these two matchups. First of all, of course, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, which, you know, Patrick Mahomes can make anybody fantasy relevant. McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. The good news is for Sammy Watkins owners is that while he's been a little bit disappointing as the number one wide receiver on the team for the past two weeks, he's also had two kind of tough matchups thrown his way where he had to see the best corner of the other teams in this game where you would normally see Darius Slay, it really truly does not look like Darius Slay is going to be able to play in this game, which means Sammy Watkins is going to have a great matchup in his own right if he does not have to get followed by Slay all over the field. So I do believe Watkins is going to bounce back and show that the fact that he has been the most targeted guy through the first three weeks, even though he hadn't produced as much with the touchdowns as Hardman, as Robinson the last two weeks, he has been targeted more. He has been featured more. So it's just a matter of putting the production along with the opportunity. I believe he will get that opportunity and that production in this week's matchup. So I believe you can start Sammy Watkins still as a high-end wide receiver too with upside heading into this matchup. And of course, Travis Kelsey is going to be great too. Miko Harmon, Demarcus Robinson, of the two, I'd rather start Demarcus Robinson. He is playing more, more utilized as a wide receiver, where Miko Harmon is still being utilized more as a gadget play, bomb threat, but he'll always have an opportunity to score because it's Patrick Mahomes. So if you have to take a flyer, if you feel like you have to take a home run, I'm okay with you playing Harmon in the flex. Demarcus Robinson, I think you can play as a low-end wide receiver too for this week. We're still waiting for Tyree Kill to come back. He's not practicing this week, not expected to return this week, but there hasn't been much of an update thus far as to where he's at in his recovery. It is, you know, as far as has the timeline changed, is he getting close? I mean, we are heading into week four. Uh, The initial prognosis was four to six weeks. The fourth week would be next week, week five. So possibly somewhere between week five and week seven. We just haven't heard too many updates as far as what his progress has been. So we have to keep holding out hope that it's going to be sooner rather than later. And I'm sure we'll get updates as we go. But as right now, he's not practicing and not expected to play this week. So you can still go ahead with Watkins, with Robinson, with uh, Nicole Hardman moving forward. As far as the running back situation goes, Damian Williams is not expected to play in this week's matchup. 
LaShawn McCoy, surprisingly enough, was able to practice yesterday. So I do think it will be a split between him and Darrell Williams again. I don't know if Darrell Williams is the one who will technically get the start like he did a week ago. We have to see where McCoy's injury is at. But after supposedly re-aggravating his injury in the fourth quarter that knocked him out for the rest of the game, there's talk about that was more precautionary than anything else. They felt like they had the game well in hand. So... You know, it wound up being close, though, so the game wasn't well in hand, but they were up by a couple of scores heading into the fourth quarter, and Darrell Williams was playing pretty well. I do think Darrell Williams is somebody who might be an interesting DFS cheap play because I do think he's going to get a significant amount of snaps. However, if McCoy is going to play, I don't know how much I'm going to want to play Darrell Williams in the flex. Detroit's been pretty good against the run so far this season, although Baltimore had been better and they still ran with some success. So that's the one thing about being the Kansas City Chiefs. You're never going to run against stacked boxes. So it does open up opportunity for guys, even against tough run defenses, to find some wiggle room. I I would just wait and see what happens with the practice report with LaShawn McCoy. How does he actually look? There should be a split there. If you have to play him in the flex, I think there's a possibility that you could. But he wouldn't be my first choice if you can any way avoid it. I do like him more in DFS plays where he's really cheap and you know he's going to get a decent, significant timeshare for that situation. As far as LaShawn McCoy goes, if he plays, I think you can play him as a, as a flex guy. Uh, he scored a couple times last week against Baltimore. Yes, it's against Detroit, but he's able to practice all week. He still looked pretty good against Baltimore, even when he was out there, even though he was you know injured. So he still looked quick. He was still able to cut. He was still able to make his runs. Playing against Detroit on the road, I still think he's a guy who could have some flex potential for you in this one. Remember, with the Kansas City Chiefs, anybody on that offense can score at any given moment. So that kind of bodes well for being able to be somebody who can have some upside for you in that position. I would still rather wait a week for him to get healthy, see what happens with Damian Williams. If I can avoid it, I would, but I don't know how many better options you're necessarily going to have depending on how your team is constructed. I do think he can be an option for you. On the Lions side of the ball, I know. I I said it all week. I've I've been taking heat for this. Matthew Stafford was one of my top quarterbacks last week, my number one streamer, and it didn't work out very well. I get it. But, however, having said that, I do believe that Matt Stafford will come back and prove me right this week. It's against Kansas City Chiefs, so it's a plus matchup against that defense. And I think there's going to be more pressure on them to score. That game went a little weird with the Eagles. They had the special teams touchdown. Their defense played pretty well in the first half. They were able to kind of play ball control, and they stayed in the lead the entire game. And even in the second half, the one drive where they had some pressure to put on some points, they did. They scored with Marvin Jones, and then they didn't really have to do too much after that. With the Kansas City Chiefs, that's not going to be the case. I do believe they're going to be trailing for most of this game, have to come back from behind. And the other thing, though, is that Kenny Galladay didn't have a great game. I think he comes back. He has a big game in this one, which I think bodes well for Matthew Stafford having a bigger game. So I do think Matthew Stafford is going to be my number one streamer again for this week, and I'm going to play him with confidence. Of course, I love Carrion Johnson. You're going to play him. It was great to see him get 20 carries last week. If he gets 20 carries against Kansas City Chiefs again, he'll have a really great matchup. Kenny Galladay, no years totally expecting to have a bounce back week and I think Marvin Jones could wind up having a decent week here too Danny Amendola might even be interesting in DFS leagues I'm not going to play him in redraft leagues because the the consistent volume target share is just not there for him to be somebody who I want to play but at the same time it's against Kansas City Chiefs it's in the slot he's going to have a mismatch I think if you want to take advantage of him in DFS as a cheap play and PPR might not be a bad idea 
TJ Hawkinson, I know, I know, since week one, he hasn't done a whole hell of a lot. I'm starting TJ Hawkinson this week. If you go back and watch tape from last week, he should have had three touchdowns. He should. And that would have helped Matthew Stafford, actually, with my streaming quarterback ability. But he should have had three. He had one called back. He had two where he stepped out, one that he dropped, and another one where he stepped out of bounds and came back in. But he was open, and Matthew Stafford was looking for him in the red zone. He could have had three touchdowns last week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I don't think he makes those same mistakes against the Kansas City Chiefs. If he gets those same opportunities, I believe he will score. I think TJ Hawkins has a great chance to score a touchdown this week. I'm going to play him as a low-end tight end one with no fear whatsoever in this matchup in a game where they're going to have to score a ton of points. Our next game up is going to be the Oakland Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is a game where it's a little bit tough. Josh Jacobs, I think, is going to be more involved. This is a better matchup against the Colts. Teams have been able to run on them with some success, especially since Darius Leonard is still not back. He may not play again this week. I do think there's been an emphasis on the fact that they want to get Josh Jacobs even more involved, more like how they had him involved in week one. So I do expect Jacobs to have a good game in this one. I also like Tyro Williams. Uh, it's a good matchup against the Colts. They don't have any one corner that really scares you. Raiders will probably have to come back from behind or at least play in a close game. Tyra Williams has scored a touchdown all three of his weeks. Now, last week he didn't do much outside of that touchdown, but the fact that he scored a touchdown all three weeks, he's a guy who is a feature guy in the offense, is a guy they look to in the red zone, and while he hasn't done it except for the first week, has the big playability, which he may get more of an opportunity to do in Indianapolis this week. So I do like Tyra Williams quite a bit as a high-end wide receiver three with upside going into this matchup. I do believe you can play him. With the Raiders, they did cut Ryan Grant which to me only means one thing. They want to get Hunter Renfro more involved. So Hunter Renfro, who I expected to have some PPR value at some point this season, may begin to have that value starting this matchup. Now, I'm not playing him yet with any confidence. I have to actually see it happen on a consistent basis first. He was targeted quite a bit last week, but still four catches for 30 yards. Right now, he's nothing more than a floor play that you're hoping to get 78 points out of in a PPR league. Not playing him standard, not playing him half-point PPR. He doesn't have much touchdown potential to help with his upside. But with no Ryan Grant, I would like to see what his target share now turns into I wouldn't start him this week, but I am watching him closely as a guy I might be able to pick up heading into next week and could wind up on the waiver wire report heading into week five. Tight end Darren Waller, you got to play him. He's been the most consistent pass catcher as far as the target volume share goes. He was great last week, but it's clear that he's a favorite target of Derek Carr, who's continuing to go to the tight ends. You can go to the tight ends against the Colts, especially when there's no Darius Leonard. So I expect you keep playing Darren Waller as a solid tight end one for you week in and week out. I'm not streaming Derek Carr. I'm just not. Even when he plays well, there's still just not a lot to be had as far as fantasy production goes. 
On the cold side of the ball, T.Y. Hilton did not practice yesterday with a quad injury. I think it's less than a 50% chance that he's able to suit up and play this week. That means they're going to be leaning on Deion Kane even more, who has been starting the last two weeks but hasn't been involved because of Devin Funches. And, of course, they're going to lean on Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell was the guy who came in for T.Y. Hilton when he got banged up in this game. He plays the same type of role. He was drafted to pretty much be the T.Y. Hilton replacement at some point. He's nothing more than a flyer play in redraft leagues in the flex, but there is some potential there. There's a plus matchup against Oakland. I'm going to have to throw somebody to ball. He does have big playability. So he is somebody who I think you can take a flyer on if you're trying to hit a home run. But if you have better, safer options, I would probably go that route. I'm not a big Paris Campbell fan. I don't think he is a great wide receiver. I think there's certain situations where he's going to be able to produce because he does have big playability he can, if he gets able to get open down the field. He's not T.Y. Hilton, though. He doesn't run routes in the same way. So I don't think he's going to have that kind of production. I don't think he's going to have the production that you could have expected out of T.Y. Hilton, even if he has the same type of opportunities. So that's where it's different there. I think it kind of goes without saying. But if there was ever a game in which I was going to play him this season in a redraft, it would be this matchup with no Hilton. After this, I don't know how much you're going to play him. I don't know how long Hilton's really going to be out for. He seems gung-ho about trying to play as soon as possible. While I don't think he'll play this week, I do think there will be an effort made for him to get back next week. So Paris Campbell may be a rental one-and-done flyer type of deal if you're looking for some pop on your roster. Marlon Mackey, go ahead. You start him. I'm not afraid of Oakland. Yes, they've been a little bit better as far as run defense goes, but we saw what Minnesota did. I think Marlon Mack has been one of the best running backs, one of the most consistent running backs through the first three weeks, has been getting the touches. They're going to lean on him probably even more with T.Y. Hilton out of this game. So I do like Marlon Mack quite a bit going into this matchup. I see no reason why he doesn't get at least 20 carries. If nothing else, this game should be close, if not the Colts leading in this one. So I do think this is a game script that sets up really well for Marlon Mack. And you expect 20 carries and then whatever comes with that, over 100 yards, a touchdown. I think sky's the limit. Marlon Mack could wind up finishing again as an RB1 this particular week. As far as the tight ends go, Eric Ebron is the only tight end of the Colts that I would entertain playing, and if I'm playing him, I know going into it that I'm playing a touchdown or bust guy, which can be said for most of the tight ends in the league, so it's not necessarily a bad thing as far as that goes, but I would say that I would hopefully have better options to be able to go to, but if you don't, I do think this is a matchup in which Eric Ebron will have an opportunity to score, but that's what you're playing him for. Next up, we got the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. So we can make this pretty quick. Dolphins don't play anybody. <laughs> pretty much. Like there's no there's no reason to. There's nobody who I would feel like has any kind of ability to actually do anything that you can actually sink your teeth into. Like Kenyon Drake's been playing more and more. He's been getting more of a volume. So in some ways, in some respects, maybe in PPR leagues, he had he can get you maybe eight points, and that's pretty much what you can sink your teeth into. But I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to trust it. There's got to be better options that you have the ability to go to. And while Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, I think, have looked good as far as their own individual performances, uh, just Given Josh Rosen, given that offensive line, given the, the status of that team in general, I don't know how you play anybody on that team. Chargers, it's the opposite. Play everybody. Phillip Rivers should finish as a QB1 this week. Uh, Melvin Gordon came back. That's the big news. He came back today. He returned to practice today. He's not going to play this week. They already came out and said he's not going to play this week, which makes sense. you got to get his legs back underneath of him. I like his prospects for next week. By coming back this week, though, he's going to be able to practice Thursday, today. He's going to be able to practice Friday. 
and then he'll be able to get a full week of practice then leaning into next week. Now, even when we get into next week, he's probably not going to have his full work share because they're still going to be working him back in. It's still going to probably be more of a 50-50 split between him and Austin Eckler. So if you have Austin Eckler, number one, you're still good with him as being an RB1 for you this week. And then even next week, I think you can still play him as an RB2 because he should should still be able to get 50-50% of the work. The third, the week after that, so we're talking week six, that's when we might see Melvin Gordon start to get back to his old work share, his old 60-40, 65-35 split that they had a season ago. That's when you might see that start to happen. So we'll figure it out then. Austin Eckler is somebody who's always had value even if Melvin Gordon was going to play, especially in PPR leagues, because he's always going to be involved, at least as a flex play, in the passing game. So you don't give up on Austin Eckler. The guy maybe you bail on now is Justin Jackson. I don't know about this week. I actually still kind of want to play Justin Jackson in DFS leagues. I'm not going to play him in redraft leagues, but in DFS leagues, I think there might be an opportunity here for Justin Jackson to actually go off a little bit. Maybe in the second half, they go to him a little bit more. This is going to be his last chance to really get any kind of significant work now that Melvin Gordon is back and it's against the Dolphins, which they should be dominating by the second half. But you can go ahead and drop Justin Jackson if you're not trying to hit a home run with him against the Dolphins this week. Start everybody else, Keenan Allen, go. Mike Williams did get a little bit banged up, apparently. Um, he played almost the entire game. He had like 99% of the snaps a week ago. And then he didn't practice yesterday with a back injury. So it's not the knee. So he's still not on the report for the knee. It's a little concerning that he suddenly had an injury they didn't practice for that we didn't know anything about. It could be just a maintenance day because he is somebody who deals with nagging injuries from time to time. So he may not be in danger of missing the game on Sunday, but it is something we're going to have to watch throughout the week. Watch for the reports. Follow me on Twitter at MDSFFshow to get those player news update notifications. I expect, because of the Chargers, you know, news won't come out until later on today. So I expected to hear some more news on that as far as what his practice status was. If he doesn't practice again today, then I'd be a little bit concerned. But I really would want to play Mike Williams in this matchup. He's due for a touchdown. And against Miami Dolphins, if he can't get a big play touchdown against Miami Dolphins, I don't know if he'll ever get a big playoff. So I would really want to play him this week, and we'll see what happens. Just keep an eye on that. But if he is able to go, I am playing him, of course. We're going to take a quick break, come back, recap, or not recap, I'm sorry, preview and analyze the rest of the 1 o'clock games, and then we'll have a mailbag segment for you guys on the other side. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Next up, we have the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants. Surprisingly, with more fantasy value in this game than one would think, given these two teams. Now, of course, on the Redskins side of the ball, Case Keenum was able to come back to practice today. So that may mean Dwayne Haskins is not going to get his start as of yet. As far as other injury news goes, Jordan Reed continues not to practice. Jordan Reed, we don't know if he will truly be able to come back in 2019. The team seems to think that he will and hope so, but right now we're going on four weeks that he has not been able to clear concussion protocol. We know he's had a lot of concussions in his career. He may be forced into retirement. 
So right now, Jordan Reed, somebody who should not be rostered at all. You can go ahead, pick up Vernon Davis, have Vernon Davis on your teams because he's going to be the tight end, I think, for the entire season. I don't see Jordan Reed coming back if it's taking this long to come back from this concussion injury. Remember, this goes back to training camp. So it's not just he's missing now the fourth week. He's, he missed part of training camp at the end there as well with the concussion issue. So I'm not confident that Jordan Reed's going to be able to come back and play this season. He might be done forever, unfortunately. Adrian Peterson, of course you love Adrian Peterson. Against the Giants, this is going to be an Adrian Peterson type of game. Now, Chris Thompson may still get work. I do think this game's going to be close because they're both equally bad. But Adrian Peterson should be able to run with much success. The Giants haven't been able to stop anything as far as the opponent's offenses go. So AP could play. I think Thompson could be a low-end flex play in PPR leagues only. As a guy who you can plug in there, you know he's going to get at least probably four to five catches in this one. Whatever the yard amount total comes from that, he will be involved. So I do think he's somebody you can play in PPR leagues and get a nice floor out of. But I do think there's going to be an Adrian Peterson at the end of the day who's going to be a high-end flex play, maybe even a low-end RB2 because of the matchup against the Giants if they're able to run with consistency, especially early on. So I do love AP in this matchup to play too. Terry McLaurin, you got him, you play him. Now, he's the only Washington Redskins wide receiver who I ever want to play in any week-to-week basis, even in a plus matchup here. But being that he was able to get into the end zone the last two weeks against the Dallas Cowboys and then last year against the Chicago Bears, I see no reason why he can't continue his touchdown streak here against the New York Giants and have a big game on top of it. So I love him from DFS. I think he's a wide receiver too this week. Terry McLaurin should be in your starting lineups heading into this matchup. Vernon Davis, like I said, Jordan Reed continues not to play, which is the expectation for Sunday. Vernon Davis is a guy that you can play with the upside low-end tight end one potential if you need to plug and play a tight end, save Vance McDonald's out, or what have you. George Kittle, George Kittle owners who don't have him this week, I do think Vernon Davis is somebody you can go ahead and play and be able to be just fine at the tight end position this particular week. On the Giants side of the ball, let's lead off with the Saquon Barkley news. Out four to eight weeks, did get a second opinion, will not need surgery. The Giants are not going to put him on the IR. So all those things bode towards him trying to come back around or before that six-week timeline. The initial prognosis was four to eight weeks. Then somebody said four to six was starting to get reported. If they're not going to put him on IR, that means the hope is that he'll be back within six weeks. Because otherwise, you would just put him on the IR for now to open up the next roster spot. So... Being that that's the case, that's good news for Saquon Barkley. He's still going to be out for probably a month, month and a half. So you're going to have to make adjustments. Wayne Goldman comes in. As of right now, Wayne Goldman is the guy. Remember, they had cut Rod Smith back in training camp. They traded away Paul Perkins. So right now, it's Wayne Goldman and Elijah Penny. And Elijah Penny really, at the end of the day, is a fullback. They didn't wind up signing anybody. They brought in a couple of veteran guys for workouts. They didn't really make a move yet. Maybe they're waiting for another week. I do think Jay Ajayi is somebody you keep your eye on just in case. I don't know if the Giants would make that move being that they're in a situation that they are rebuilding. So that might not be a move that they make. But if it's cheap enough, who knows? Wayne Gallman's going to have to play well this week. Now, I think he is going to be put in a situation where he's going to be able to be productive. Because one, it's the Washington Redskins who have been pretty bad on defense too. Uh, way worse than I expected them to because I just still believe they have a good front seven. But they just haven't played like it. And number two, they haven't made a move yet. So he should be able to get all the volume this week. So Wayne Gallman, to me, is definite a flex play and could be a low-end RB2 due to volume. 
Now, remember, he's not Saquon Barkley. This is still a bad team. But this matchup against the Washington Redskins, I think, puts a lot of the concerns that you're going to have for Gallman and the Giants in general at bay that you'll have for them most of the season after this matchup. So this is a game where I do think he can perform well for you and should be in your lineups. I also love Sterling Shepard in this game. The Redskins cannot stop anything through the air. Daniel Jones look came out, had a report right away with Evan Ingram, who you're going to start obviously every week, but then also Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate, remember, he doesn't come back from the suspension until next week. So you still have one more week with Sterling Shepard being the number one and really only true wide receiver that the Giants really want to go to at the end of the day. I think he has solid wide receiver to uh, ability in this matchup, especially in PPR leagues. So I really love him there. I love him in DFS because he's not expensive and he's going to get targeted a ton in a good matchup too. So I do love him DFS as well. Keep that in mind. As far as Daniel Jones goes, a lot of people, we're actually going to talk about Daniel Jones actually in the mailbag segment because I had a crazy question, but a lot of people are really big on him after the good performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I understand that. However, I'm not putting all my stock in like, oh, he's a superstar quarterback all of a sudden because he went crazy. If you have to stream a quarterback, I guess Daniel Jones can be an option for you in this matchup. But what I'm telling you is that I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and only puts up 15 or 16 points and comes back down the earth in this game either. Because at the end of the day, Daniel Jones is still young. It'll still be his second start of the week. There's tape on him now. And like I said, the Redskins front seven is talented. They haven't played well, but they are talented. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And Mitchell Trubisky, who has been bad so far this season, but even though he had those three touchdowns for Taylor Gabriel in that game, he didn't do much of anything else. So maybe it's the same case for Daniel Jones, but I'm not sitting here like, yeah, let me go ahead and have the cojones to go ahead and roll him out right away now. Uh, I think there's better options to be able to go to. I listed Matthew Stafford. I think there's some other guys we're going to get to when I do my rankings video tomorrow and I have the rankings out later today that we could talk about that I do like more than Daniel Jones that are in that streamable territory that he's into. Uh, But I do think that if you're stuck in a situation where you need to, he could be played. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. A nice divisional matchup here. Pretty much you start all of your Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. Andrews didn't practice yesterday, still waiting to see what the practice report is today. He was definitely noticeably hindered by that foot injury on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Even when running his routes, he was running with a little bit of a limp. So hopefully he's getting better, but the important thing is that he was out there and that they still tried to throw him the ball. Now, it didn't connect as much, but he's still very much a part of that passing offense when they do look to throw the football. So Mark Andrews still has to be a top five tight end play for me, even if he's a little bit banged up. Hopefully he's getting a little bit better and we'll keep our eyes on the practice report, but there's nobody here who I'm scared to play. Denzel Ward, there's a pretty good chance that he's not going to play again this week. So that opens up Marquise Brown in a big way. Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson are going to be, to me, as matchup proof as it comes really for most weeks. And on top of it, Cleveland hasn't played well offensively, which I think is going to lead to more opportunities for the Baltimore Ravens offense because I don't think they suddenly write the ship against a good defense in the Baltimore Ravens. Especially going on the road to Baltimore, who just got beat by the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to look to bounce back in a big way, especially as a division rival. So I don't really love it. I'm not playing Baker Mayfield this week. I have, you have to play Nick Chubb because you drafted him to be your RB1, high-end RB2, but I don't love the matchup here. I don't know how much of an expectation of, on his ceiling that you can possibly have, really. And then, of course, you have to play Beckham, but 
you don't have to necessarily play Landry. And if I can help it, I'm not going to play Landry this week. First of all, he hasn't been utilized correctly all season long. Second of all, going up against the Baltimore Ravens, I don't think is a game where, like I said, they write the ship. So I'm not going to play Jarvis Landry either. But you have to play Beckham. You have to play Nick Chubb. and not going to play anybody else from Cleveland. I'm not. Not until they get going again. Not until that offense figures out what in the hell is going on. I mean, I can tell you what's going on. It's pretty simple to me. Uh, you're really predictable. There's no reason in the world you should be lining up on shotgun 90% of your plays. None whatsoever. Baker Mayfield is a athlete. You can bootleg him. You can line up in different formations. Take the pressure off of that offensive line. You made a step in the right direction by trying to give the ball to Nick Chubb over 20 times last week. That was a step, but you were still very predictable in your formations and what you were trying to do out of those formations. It's why they never got against the Rams. The Rams should have blew them out in the game. The fact that Cleveland was in that game was all because the Rams were not looking to put their pedal on the metal. That's it. That's the only reason. It should have been a way worse game for the Cleveland Browns. So while they had a step in the right direction, they still haven't gotten their play calling figured out. Freddie Kitchens has been hugely disappointing as long, uh, along with Baker Mayfield thus far. And I don't know if they write the ship against Baltimore. In fact, I would say that they probably will not. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans to finish out our 1 o'clock games for this episode. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, future superstar. Hey, he's going to play again this week. It's a good matchup against Houston. They Everyone has been able to throw on Houston all season long so far. I don't expect this to be any different. He was impressive against Arizona. It's a similar type of game where he has a great matchup here. The most important thing was that he got the ball to everyone. Now, if you're a DJ Moore owner, I definitely want to see him get more than two targets. Because while he had the one catch for 50 yards and a touchdown, so your fantasy day was fine, and you'll take that, you want to see him be targeted more because he is supposed to be the number one wide receiver on there. You don't like it when you see Curtis Samuel out-target him the way he did. You can live with it when it's Greg Olson because you know that's going to happen at times. But you don't like to see it when it's Curtis Samuel. So I would like to see this Kyle Allen go back to DJ Moore as the number one wide receiver, which he should be in this offense in this game against Houston. However, you can start everybody. Curtis Samuel's a nice flex start. DJ Moore's still a wide receiver, too, in my book. Greg Olson's still a top 10 tight end in my book. Chris McCaffrey should have a good game. Kyle Allen showed you that without Cam Newton, everybody else on that team can still stay fantasy relevant. And even he might be a guy I would rather stream Kyle Allen against Houston than Daniel Jones against Washington Redskins. I trust it more. They have more weapons to be able to throw the ball. And this is a game that could actually legitimately turn into a shootout between them and the Texans. So I do like this matchup and the possibilities and the opportunities for the Carolina Panthers. And if you're looking to stream a quarterback, I would stream Kyle Allen before I stream Daniel Jones. For the Houston Texans, you start everyone. Carolina hasn't been a defense that you've been afraid of, especially throwing the football. Carlos Hyde had a bad game last week, but still showed that he is the dominant ball carrier. I'm still going to play Carlos Hyde as a flex play. Sean Watson, obviously top five quarterback, goes without saying. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously top three wide receiver, goes without saying. Will Fuller, I'm good with starting him. The only person you can't have, I don't even think you can roster him, is Kiki Kute. I'm out on Kute. In fact, for Kute, we can, we can even do this because I haven't been able to do this all day. Prepare to be flushed. He is simply being out-snapped, out-targeted, out-played by Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is the number three receiver, and I think for good reason. I think having that extra vertical threat with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins out there is the more beneficial thing to do for that offense at the end of the day. Kiki Kute is a really nice wide receiver for, but he can't be rostered. Can't be rostered. I don't Unless there's an injury to Will Fuller, I don't see a scenario in which Kiki Kute is suddenly going to get involved in the offense. Just don't. 
Now, Kenny Stills isn't somebody who I want to play because I don't can't trust the volume share for him. It, it only takes one play, but you're going to be hoping for that home run play because otherwise he has a really low floor. But he is working as the number three wide receiver. And in some matchups, especially in DFS, I think there's a chance you're going to be able to play him, but not in redraft leagues. I know the Titans had a big week last week. I don't believe that they're going to continue that success. They are not guys that I think are regularly going to be involved in the offense. It's just one of those things, kind of like we deal with the Rams and Higby and Everett. Every so often, those guys just steal some touchdowns, steal some work. They're nobody that you're going to be relying on for fantasy purposes. The same thing goes for Atkins and Thomas at the tight end position for the Houston Texans. That wraps up our preview analysis for the Thursday night and the one o'clock games. We're going to take our last break, come back on the other side. We got the mailbag segment for you, and then we'll close down the episode. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts, but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. It's time for my favorite part of the show when we get the mailbag from you, the listeners. As always, you can get your questions answered by me at all times, 24-7, whenever you need, or, or oh, I shouldn't say or, and be able to be eligible to be selected to get shouted out and have your question discussed here on the show, as we always do on Thursdays and Fridays in our preview episodes. Make sure you're going to at MDSFFshow for Twitter, at MDFFshow for Facebook, and of course, you can email me directly, MDFFshow.com, and hit the contact us to email me from there. So that's all the ways you can get into contact, and these are the questions that I picked out for today's episode. First up, I got Chuck from Twitter asks, Daniel Jones or Matt Ryan? So this is what I was talking about before when I said we're going to talk about Daniel Jones later in a question that was crazy. This is crazy to me to even think that this should be a up-in-the-air possibility. It's hands down Matt Ryan because, first of all, like I said before in the preview, Matt Ryan has thrown for 300-plus yards and two-plus touchdowns every single week so far this season. The offense production has been there, and their offense hasn't even looked that sharp or that good so far, and the production has been there. So he actually has room to improve on his production so far. Daniel Jones going into his second week against the Washington. I know he had a great week against Tampa Bay, but this is where I say you got to pump your brakes, slow your roll. There's no reason in the world to go out there and play Daniel Jones and take that risk, which is, has such a wide range of possible outcomes heading into this week, even in a plus match against the Washington Redskins, because it's still a second debut. We know the Redskins are a tough divisional matchup. Yeah, I, there's no reason to take that chance. The Falcons are at home against Tennessee, who had trouble stopping the pass against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're going to be fine. You play Matt Ryan, it's a no-brainer. But I use that question as an example as to some of the Daniel Jones hype that's going around for fantasy purposes as a warning to all of you to just slow it down. Don't get crazy about it. Don't be benching QB1s for a guy going into his second NFL game of the year. Or in his career, actually, not just of the year. Marcus from Facebook asks, Half-Point PPR League, 
Brandon Cooks or Chris Godwin. Well, first of all, with Chris Godwin, we didn't talk about this because they are playing in the 4 o'clock game, but Chris Godwin has not practiced for the first two days because of a hip injury. He didn't practice yesterday. He's not practicing again today. So that's something we're going to have to watch. Make sure you're following me along on Twitter Make sure because I'll have that update for you tomorrow if he doesn't practice again on Friday. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if that winds up being the case, of course, you have to play Brandon Cooks. If Chris Godwin plays, you still have to play Brandon Cooks. I, I do. And look, Brandon Cooks has been on tear the past two weeks. You're going up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whenever there's not a number one corner to go to, Brandon Cooks usually has a big game, and he always can have the ability to make a big play. Uh, while Chris Godwin, it's mostly because he's a little bit banged up right now, and it's also because the Rams are a pretty good defense. They can frustrate the hell, and I think Jameis Winston's going to have a lot of turnovers in this game. It might not be pretty. Now, I do think of the two, Chris Godwin is the one who's going to be put in the better situation. He'll play in the slot more. He'll get the better matchup. So I do think he has a floor going up against the Rams because I do believe Tampa Bay is going to have to come back from behind, so there should be a volume as far as pass attempts go. But I do believe that Brandon Cooks is the safer, more upside play going up against each other in that matchup. Next up, we have Eric from Twitter. He asked, half-point PPR, Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, or Chris Godwin pick one? So my initial you know, advice was go with Godwin because didn't know he was going to be this seriously injured where he didn't practice the first two days. So let's go with if, if Godwin plays out of those two, then you go with Godwin. For if Godwin does not play, you go with Curtis Samuel. Um, I know Christian Kirk, and you're talking about a half-point PPR league. I know Christian Kirk had 10 catches last week. That was the first time he had that much volume. He's somebody who, even in, a, in an offense that is high volume because of their fast play, is still very, very boomer bust. And his boom isn't that high at the end of the day. But he does have a low floor because there could be easily games where he doesn't wind up getting worked in, where it just all goes to Fitzgerald, all goes to David Johnson, or maybe Keyshawn gets more involved in that game. The fact of the matter is Arizona's offense hasn't been that good. While they've been getting the ball to David Johnson, he's been scoring touchdowns, his his efficiency hasn't been great. The only guy who's really been really good as far as production and efficiency goes is Larry Fitzgerald. Outside of that, no one else has. Kyler Murray hasn't been very good. Look at last week. Threw the ball over 40 times, only had 175 yards to show for it. He's doing enough to keep everybody else around him fantasy relevant that you need, Fitzgerald and David Johnson, but those are the only two I trust to actually start on a week-to-week basis. I'm not going to trust Kirk. And with Curtis Samuel, he had a good game, a good solid game against Arizona last week with another plus matchup against Houston this week. So if Chris Godwin can't go, I'll go Curtis Samuel. But if Godwin goes, I'm going with him over those two in a landslide, without a doubt. That wraps up the mailbag segment for today. That wraps up the episode for today. Make sure you guys are listening along. Remember, I'm going to have my rankings on the website, mdffshow.com, later on today before the Thursday night matchups. I'll be coming out with my video my rankings video for week four tomorrow on Sportscaster. So make sure you go ahead and check out sportscaster.com, MDFF show, USN. That's how you can get a hold of me. I will be posting that on Twitter at MDSFF show for, you know, when I'm going to be going live for that. And of course, the player news update notifications when new episodes drop. We will be back tomorrow with the second preview episode where we go over the four o'clock, the Sunday night, and the Monday night games. And of course, another mailbag segment with the injury updated report. So 
make sure you come back tomorrow and listen to that again because you're going to need that information to complete your informative lineups going into your matchups this week. Make sure you're checking out one of my three networks, Overtime Heroics, Belly Up Sports, Unwrap Sports. We're all doing great work there, great sources of information that you can go to that no one, that I shouldn't say no one, that a lot of people don't know about yet. They're all up and coming, so you're going to get a key, unique information that may give you the edge that you need to win your matchups. So while everyone is zigging, you get to zag by checking them all out on Facebook and at their websites. So we'll be back tomorrow. I hope you guys all enjoyed the show and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.